Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 155 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. And my name is Barbara. What's up, partner? Ah, man, we're killing it here in March. I think it's still March. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. And yourself? <laughs> we're doing really great. I mean, honestly. My segment, um, which you know is all anteriors, full mouth. We're just really, I've never seen this many full mouth cases in probably my career. So I'm happy. People are buying, spending their money. Fixing their nasty grills from the yeah. pandemic, I guess. I guess. We're it. seeing a lot of implants, and every year we get to do 33 three-unit bridges from the dental school. Yeah. Those are fun to do. Oh, yeah. They're all PFMs because they're really, like, old school there. It's a lot of building. <laughs> I would go back to layering a PFM. Ugh, those were the days. Yeah, but we get to build a school, so... Yeah, I'm feeling you. I would just give it to somebody else to do. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm not touching these things. <laughs> I help the driver unload their car. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do anything over layering. <laughs> full, I'm talking about full layering. Yeah. Size of layering, I'm all about. But uh, full buildup, wow, that's so 20 years ago. Sorry. I don't want to offend anybody listening to me, so please... <laughs> In my world, it's been a long time. Well, I'm actually going to call the school, see if I can convince all 33 doctors to get zirconia bridges so I can Hell get yeah. done with them quicker. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> a lot easier on us. Same price, though. Same price. So it looks like you've got an amazing announcement. Let's go for it. Yeah. So over the years, we've sold t-shirts on the podcast with our logo on it as a fundraiser, and we only did them for a limited time. But we are excited to announce that we now have a permanent online store where you can order either shirts, hoodies, mugs, hats, baby clothes, <laughs> even throw pillows. They even have a mason jar you can buy with our logo on it for those summer drinking times. Now I know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> there you go. And of course, as always, 100% of the profits will be donated to the Foundation of Dental Laboratory Technology. Fantastic. Barb and I are not going to be making money off you. We want to give it all back to the industry. That's right. So head over to VoicesFromTheBench.com forward slash store and get yourself some podcast swag. Mm -hmm. We also left the option open that you can actually change the shirt. You can Whoa. add a design or a logo to it, because I really don't care what you want to put on it. I can put on there, Elvis is a dick. Just kidding. You better believe that. <laughs> Just kidding. You're really not. I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, I am. It's a true statement. I won't do that. So maybe you want to put a funny dental saying on it, or even your lab's logo. Why not? Let's show the world how great our industry is. And remember that all the money goes back to the education of technicians. Also, if you order anything before March 20th, there's an additional 15% off anything that you buy. So act now, and remember, Christmas is only nine months away. Oh, God. <laughs> 
What, you're not ready? No, I don't shop for Christmas until like three days before Christmas. Yeah, I do Christmas Eve shopping. Drives everybody I know nuts. Yep, me too. Who is the most famous person you have ever met, Elvis? Well, actually, in my previous life, I used to work for a company that ran the largest Star Trek conventions in America. Oh my God, and I'm so yeah, not surprised. Yeah, super nerd. But I got to meet a lot of people from all the shows and movies. Cool. Probably my biggest claim to fame. But could you imagine being a technician and getting to make restorations for famous people? Oh, yeah. Now imagine getting to make the teeth that the famous people wear in movies and on TV. Mm. Gary Archer is a trained dental technician and by chance was asked to make some teeth for a very famous scene in an iconic movie. While still doing lab work for Dennis, Gary gets to rub elbows with some of the best actors and actresses in Hollywood, making them look like they don't have the perfect teeth most famous people have. <laughs> Gary talks about how he gets into the, one of the luckiest jobs in dental technology, some of the famous movies he's worked on, and some of the techniques he uses to make the teeth in many of the movies or shows that we watch. So join us as we chat with Gary Archer. Hey, Barb. I called Oradent the other day about their P5 milling machine. Super. How did it go? I was introduced to the consumables Oradent offers, such as Delta Zirconia, Oradent ZR, Oradent Cutting Tools, and Quest PMMA. How convenient. You know what? You can buy the mill and the materials from them. Yeah, if you think that's convenient, you can also buy furnaces by Napertherm, and vacuums by Renfert. Plus, I don't have to talk to a different person every time I call. I have a rep dedicated just for me. I have heard that their service is amazing. Absolutely. Oradent offers high-quality cutting tools made here in the USA. And they have great options for zirconia. Delta Zirconia, which is a super cost savings for labs, and Oradent ZR, made proudly here in the U.S. of A. Do they still offer dental alloys? You know, Oradent started off manufacturing alloys and will always provide high-quality alloys for dental labs, one of the few companies in the U.S. to still manufacture their own alloys. Is there anything that they don't supply dental labs? Actually, they also offer dental scanners and a 3D printer from Shining 3D. Hold up. Does that scanner have its own design software? Actually, Oradent offers ExoCAD for your designing needs. Nice. I'm not the best with technology and setting up all of this equipment, just saying. Well, we know, but that's <laughs> fine. Oradent has a technical support team who can help with installing or troubleshooting any problems. Wow, Oradent definitely is a one-stop shop for any dental lab's needs. How do we get in touch with them? You can always call our friends at Oradent at one 800 422 7373. Or you can visit them at their website at oradent.com. We super appreciate your support of the podcast, Oradent. Thank you so much. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. We are excited to welcome to the podcast Gary Archer. Teeth maker to the stars. Is that the right way to introduce you? Um, I don't know about teeth maker to the stars. More of, <laughs> more of unsung hero behind the scenes, but that's okay. Uh, thank you yeah. very much. Lovely to be here. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on, Gary. You're big on Instagram, and what really caught my eye, my wife and I are huge Curb Your Enthusiasm fans, 
and you made some teeth for a scene where they all chip a tooth. That is correct. We did those pieces for Curb Your Enthusiasm. We were asked on the show to make up something that looked like they had taken a bite of this wax fruit and they'd broken their teeth. Yeah. And it was a very, very simple effect, but it actually looked extremely good on camera. It was hilarious how they played with it and they changed their voices when they were using it. But I'd like to kind of go back to how you got started. Are you a dental technician originally? Yes, I'm a dental technician. I was trained by my father. Okay. I apprenticed with dad for many, many years. Never actually went to school to learn it. I never went anywhere other than just going into the lab when I was I started going into the lab when I was about six or seven years old. I used to go to work with dad occasionally, and I would get to play. This was back in the UK. I used to get to play with wax and plaster and make a mess. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I'd bring bring them home to my mother, who would immediately put them straight to the dustbin. Um, (laughs) But uh, that was my earliest experiences. Then when I uh, finished high school, I wasn't entirely certain what I wanted to do. And I had a, a few jobs, uh, was in school, at the, was going to college at the time. And my father was taken ill, unfortunately. And I ended up going into the lab to sort of mine the lab and, and make sure everything was still functioning and whatnot. And when he came back, he was like, do you want to stay on and I'll teach you? And I, that's basically where it started. And I've been doing that ever since I was about 19 years old and I haven't done anything else. And I'm 57 now. That sounds exactly like my story. I used to go into the lab when I was six, seven, eight, nine, and play everybody and wax. And when I graduated from high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And my dad said, well, you're coming to work for me. That's where I've been ever since. So it's great. Yeah, there are a lot worse things we could be doing. Absolutely. For sure. What kind of lab did your dad own? Was it all fixed? No, it was actually removable. My father was... Oh, okay. He was a denturist back in the UK. He used wow. to do a lot of dentures, and he taught me both sides. He was never a practicing denturist here in California, as because, as you know, California never uh, recognized yeah. denturism. But he was in quite a lot of demand with a lot of his dentists, both in the UK and once we moved here to California. He was very much in demand to go into the offices and to help the dentists chair side with doing dentures. Mm-hmm. As you know, it's doing dentures is a dying art. My father had a wonderful knack for it. And he taught me a lot of the same tricks. And nowadays, I do the same thing. I work with a few dentists and I work very closely with them. We do a lot of chairside consultations and treatment planning, doing some of the all on fours and then also the traditional removable dentures. So you're currently still working with dentists doing dentures that aren't big monster teeth. Absolutely. Oh. And I would never, ever give that up. I enjoy doing it because let's put it this way. Not every day film work, television work, commercials come along. It's not. Sure. You don't get a call every day saying, oh, we need cosmetic braces, we need gold teeth, we need a a set of vampire teeth, we need veneers, we need whatever. It doesn't happen. I mean, I may get, you know, one, one or two calls a week. It's not full time. So I still do traditional removables in the lab. Now, saying that, I have downsized. I just work by myself now. Okay. Dad's long retired. 
So it's just me in the lab. So I, I balance it out. I don't have that many accounts anymore. Over the years, a lot of the guys have retired. Some have sold their practices. And, you know, you get the natural progression. Whereas a lot of times, if I was just working for the dentist exclusively, I'd be out, you know, pumping, looking for more clients, picking up more work. But at this point, I don't need to because I've got a good stream of work coming in from the studios. Sure. So how did they find you when you talk about the studios and that niche? So how did that come about for you? Oh, my goodness. Now, now we're going to go down the rabbit hole. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I love going down rabbit holes. So let me have it. We were working in the lab one day and we got a call from one of my dad's oldest and closest doctors. And he said, Alan, do me a favor. I've got a guy here in the chair. He needs someone to make a set of teeth that will fall out of somebody's mouth. And my dad's like, what? (laughs) It's like the one thing that a dental technician never, ever gets asked to do is make a set of dentures that fall out of somebody's mouth. Yeah. So it turned out that the gentleman in the chair was makeup legend Greg Cannon. And what he wanted was a set of teeth made for the late, great, Robin Williams in Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh. Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, my gosh. I remember. Yes. We met with Greg. We set up a meeting. The dentist said, look, why don't you just deal directly with my lab guys? They're the guys that make everything. Deal with them. So we went over to Greg's studio. We didn't actually meet Robin at the time because he'd already had dental casts of Robin. Uh, But he explained Mm -hmm. to us what he was doing. He explained to us the background of the story. He wanted to make this Robin Williams into this other character with these big white teeth, but he also needed to have um, a set made that wouldn't be tight, that when he, he, Robin, took a drink out of a glass of water, they'd fall out of his mouth and settle to the bottom of the glass and everybody did that scene. And that was pretty much the first movie that we ever made. We actually made the acrylic veneers on. And we sort of ran with them. People saw them. They liked what we were doing. The word got out. Can you do vampire teeth with them? Can you do, can you change people's smiles? Can you make teeth bigger? Can you make teeth smaller? Can you make teeth darker? Can you make teeth lighter? So we, we started producing all of these acrylic veneers, which are just basically cut down acrylic shells and denture acrylic processed on a model so that they fit nicely. But I think also it was at a time when in the film and television industry, there wasn't anybody that was producing anything specifically for the mouth. There was a lot of makeup and effects artists, a lot of makeup and effects shops that were making things. A lot of times they were using materials that didn't necessarily give the look that we were able to get with the dense materials. So consequently, that's how it all started. It just started with a phone call. And here we are 30 years later and, and we're still doing it and we're still coming up with new ideas and new materials, new ways to invent things, new ways to construct things. And it's prospered. Obviously you're the genius behind the teeth and the shape. So are you designing them with CAD cam or do you do it all with your hands and just play around with wax? Originally, it was all done with sculpting teeth and wax. Uh, mm-hmm. The old fashioned. Oh, yeah. What's Miss Dalfire? Yeah. 93, 94? 93, yeah. yeah. Long before CAD CAM. Nowadays, sure. we can do designs in CAD CAM because what we're also doing 
we're doing a lot with digital dentistry. For an example, we were contacted last year, right in, in the middle of this pandemic, we needed to make a set of teeth for a gentleman who was located in Rome, Italy. Well, he's going to be shooting in Atlanta. He lives in Rome. What do we do? Mm. Traditionally, we would have gone out or someone would have gone to him, taken standard alginate impressions, poured them up, made silicone masks, sent them off around the world. But now what we're able to do, we're able to send him to a dentist, have his teeth digitally scanned. And that file is then whizzed around the world. We print out a 3D model and we work directly on a 3D printed model. Yeah. And, when he gets, yeah, nice. and when he gets to Atlanta, the teeth are sitting there waiting for him. <laughs> With digital dentistry, we make the workflow so much faster. Oh, I bet. You must have quite the file of collection of patients. <laughs> we, well... <laughs> I'm actually not the digital master. The digital master is uh, is my partner, Dominic, in the UK. Okay. He's got the digital file of a million people. <laughs> I, like the traditional dental technician, have got about 800 boxes all filled with <laughs> molds and plaster boxes, yeah. and they're all sitting up in – I've got little um, two-by-three-by-four boxes, and they're sitting up on shelves, and, and there must be about six, 700 of them on – I'll send you guys a picture of uh, the shelves in the lab. I've got one room. It's just nothing but nothing but boxes with with names on. Yeah. Do they take up a lot of space? Yeah, but I just haven't got the heart to throw them away. Mm-hmm. I bet. Do you have pictures of all of your work and the movies and everything up on the wall, or do you keep that? I have some. I have some pictures. A lot of stuff I have off of Instagram. I have stuff on Facebook. There's stuff on a website. I try and pick as many pictures out as I can. Although I must admit, a lot of times I'll work on these shows and what I do is usually quite early in the production. Then it goes, obviously, they shoot everything, they edit it, they finally put it all together, they release it maybe a, nine months, a year later. And by that time, half the time, I forget things that I've worked on. And I get, mm. <laughs> I get phone calls from people go, did you make teeth for so-and-so? And I'm like, yeah, I think we did. Yeah, they'll be like, "Oh, you got to go see this film. You got to, you got to look at this. It looks great on the camera." I'm like, oh, "Okay." I'm really terrible about watching. I, I very rarely watch television. I very rarely go to the to the films. So it's like years later that I'll see things. I'll I'll sometimes see things on television and go, "My goodness, that looks familiar." And it'll be like, <laughs> like eight years ago. That looks like my incisal edge. Crazy. Well, it, it's not so much the incisal. It's when you see somebody with a missing tooth or a set of fake braces or they've got really nasty, messed up teeth and you think, to yourself, yeah, hang on a minute, I, that looks familiar. Because a lot of times <laughs> with the makeup and effects people, they are such geniuses. They'll make somebody look so completely different. You'll actually do a double take and go, wait a second, is that real? And then you realize yeah. actually, it's, uh, it's all done with makeup and effects. Is it still just the shells over the teeth or is it almost like a denture? No, it's, it's shells over the teeth. The last thing you want to do when you make the stuff is to make anything bulky or you know too big because then the actors feel that they can't talk, they can't enunciate, they can't do their dialogue. And mm. that has been the key over the years, which has kind of set us apart from a lot of other teeth makers. Actors and actresses can talk, they can act, they can enunciate, they can speak when I put my teeth in because they fit so closely. It's almost like having a set of porcelain veneers put on, but these are temporary acrylic veneers. We're doing you know, a millimeter, a millimeter and a half thick. And consequently, they're so comfortable. 
after about five minutes in the mouth, the actors and actresses are just that, you know, they're just talking away normally. And what ends up happening more often than not, if the makeup person on the set isn't careful, the talent will go off to lunch and they'll <laughs> eat their lunch yeah. and they'll be wearing their veneers. And then all of a sudden, snap, bang, crack, because yeah. they're only thin plastic. They'll break mm-hmm. the set of veneers and they'll walk back to the makeup artist with the veneers in their hand and they'll say, I forgot to take them out. And then I'll get a frantic phone call saying, oh, we've just broken a set. We're sending them back to you for repair. So we repair them. But normally, that's one of the reasons when we do them, we make three, four, five sets of these for the production. Mm. So there's always a backup. There's always a second backup. And mm. more often than not, they never use all of the teeth. But I'd rather they have them and not and not use them than not have them and need them. And then we have yeah. to hold production while we repair everything. And that you don't want to ever do. When you repair them, is it like we need this done in an hour? It depends on where they are. If they're in that's true, yeah. Shooting in Atlanta or if they're shooting in New York or if they're shooting in Toronto or wherever else in the world they shoot. I mean, we I've had stuff that's that they've been on shoot in Thailand and they break something and they've got to get oh. back to me. And that's a nightmare. So that's one of the reasons when I, I try and find out where they're going to be on location at. I mean, if they're in Los Angeles, yeah, send transport over right away. I'll fix it. It'll take me 15, 20 minutes to fix it, and you'll have it back within the hour. But if you're in Thailand, it's not quite that easy. So that's no. I'll make yeah. they've got additional sets to work with. You've got to have you know your primary, the backup. There'll be an extra set. I'll often keep another set at the lab within the talent's box and we'll Mm -hmm. be able to, if we need to make another set, we can copy it because each set is pretty much handmade. Mm -hmm. As far as making them exactly alike for continuity, they'll look pretty close, but every set has got, you know, teeny tiny differences. As you know, you can't make two dentures exactly alike when putting them up in wax and processing them. You're always going to get minor, minor deviations. Nothing that the eye is going to pick up, but you know you've got to make sure that, that you use the right mold, right color, right shapes, right stains. So you really want to have a set in front of you to copy to make sure you get it. Have you ever seen your work on screen and thought to yourself, mm, you know, I would have done this a little different? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a technician. Yeah, it I look, does. I look at things and think, dang, I wish I'd have done this or dang, I wish I'd have done that. Or, you know what, that looks pretty good, but I think we could yeah. we could have done something a little different. I mean, 90% of the time, I'm pretty satisfied with things, but there's there, sure. there have been shows that I've seen things on that think, you know, if I'd have had more time, I could have done it differently. But listen, how many times in the lab, Crown and Bridge case, in general, cases, sure. cases, implant cases, oh, nuts i wish i'd have done that differently or this differently yeah. you know what as long as the talent likes it the director likes it then as far as i'm concerned job done what do you use to um stain them like if you have like a really scary one or a really dark one how do you do that well ppi make uh, an entire palette of acrylic stains that are specifically for film and television wow and they have got colors ranging from you know blood colors to green slime colors to there's one it's it's my favorite it's um it's called balsam and it's a let's put it this way it looks like c4 on steroids (laughs) (laughs) it's that really not if 
I'm going back a little bit. If you remember your removable that Biotone used to make what we used to call in the, in the business, the smokers shades. And they used to do like oh, Biotone yeah. 87. Looked like someone who was about 90 years old and had been smoking since they were about 10. And yeah. when we want to go ahead and customize a tooth, I often visualize a set of the old Biotones and I use, I try and make the teeth look like that really yellowish, brown, yeah, neglected, horrible looking stuff and and it just comes from old memories of some of these old teeth that they used to uh i don't even think they still make some of the shades that they used to no everybody wants bleach now oh so. and that and that in itself causes a huge <laughs> amount of problems in hollywood what do you say because every actor has the whitest teeth possible bingo and then what, yep. yeah and then what we've got to do we've got to cover everything up a new series that just came out on uh, I think on Netflix or Amazon or one of the streaming services uh, called Bliss. Yeah, with, uh, I've heard of that. And Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, yeah. We did a bunch of prosthetics for both of them because they're playing, because Selma's got beautiful, white, gorgeous teeth and she's playing this down and out character and she needed something to make her teeth look stained. So we, we made what, what I like to call stained templates. Mm. And these aren't actually veneers because for, for her, she already wears veneers. And if we'd have put more veneers on her, it would have pushed her lip out too much and made it look too bulky. So rather than doing that, we made these pieces on O2O vacuform splints. And using the PPI stain, we can stain the outside of the vacuform splint. So when she puts it in, it makes it appear that her teeth are all darkened and we've put into proximal stain and we've taken it right up onto the incisal edges and into the gingiva and it makes her teeth look dark stained and neglected but it's just it's just on the outside on a on an o2o vacuform that is fascinating wow like an essex like an essex retainer type very very just a suck down it's exactly what it is it's just an application of stain and we seal it in there and they pop those in and they wear them and they make them look like they've got dirty, stained, neglected teeth. So how did you come up with that? Like, how did you figure that out? That's pretty awesome. Obviously, O2O vacuforms have been out there for years. Hmm. What I used to call them, the film, is it was poor man's veneers. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. We do a lot of low budget and, and small budget shows. And when someone says, look, we want somebody and they've got to have these really, really horrible teeth and whatnot we can just go ahead and just put stain on the outside of these vacuforms and just make the teeth look neglected make it look aging and it's it's a it's it was a real good trick for aging somebody without putting a lot of veneers and a lot of effort into it (laughs) what a lot of makeup shops were doing they were actually building the veneers on top of vacuforms i wasn't a huge fan of waxing and building on top of a vacuform I preferred mm-hmm. to do them directly on the teeth because when you put a vacuum form on, you've got another layer of acrylic, basically. So doing the veneers on top of a vacuum form, you tend to get things a little bit bigger, a little bit more bulky, and you don't get the precise fit and you don't get the look of actual denture teeth. I mean, when mm-hmm. I want to cut down, I mean, I'm never going to be able to get the depth and the coloration with acrylic as I would with a, with a layered cut down tooth. Yeah. You're just not going to get the, the look. So a lot of times when you get veneers built on top of vacuforms, they tended to look a little bit monochromatic 
Whereas if you do the uh-huh. actual veneers from cut down shells, you, I don't know, it just looks more vital to me. It, it's, it's horses for course. If some guys swear by the doing them on top of vacuum forms, I've never been a fan of doing them and I'll do them directly. And I just, I think I actually get better results, but interesting. So the stars actually have to go to the dentist, get the impression, get the model or scanned, and then it comes to you, correct? Yes and no. They can go to their dentists. However, I prefer to do the impressions myself. Okay. Oh, really? Interesting. See, that's something that when my father taught me denturism and, you know, how to take an impression, it's come in very useful because when I'm taking an impression to do acrylic veneers or braces or any type of prosthetic for the studios, I'm not working in a dental capacity. I'm working in the capacity of a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. As mm. you know, makeup artists, they do life casts, they do cans, they do faces, they do yeah. heads, they do everything. And they, quite honestly, they do dental casts as well. They, do, they take some, some wonderful impressions. I've, I've had many sets of dental impressions come in from studio, from makeup artists and effects shops, and they do gorgeous. Some, I sometimes get better impressions I, from some of the shops than I do from some of the offices. Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, whenever I can do, I like to take my own impressions because that way I can guarantee the fit. Where yeah. I have to rely on someone else to do it, I don't necessarily know who's taken the impression, what material they've used, did the alginate sit for four hours before it was poured, mm-hmm. and i and I've had unfortunately over the years when I've had to rely upon production sourcing out the impressions to a dental office, some of the things that I've got in have been really, really horrible, and I've had to go back to production and said sorry, these aren't even usable. We can't use them. So consequently, what ended up happening, I ended up flying out to the location of the talent, literally going in, flying four hours to go and take a set of impressions and flying four hours back. Often, you know, I'd cast them up when I was on location and flying back with gypsum stone models in my uh, carry-on and transit bags. So you get to meet the actors and the actresses. That's kind of cool. Well, a lot of times it's very helpful to do so, so you can kind of understand what they're thinking about in as far as their character. Mm -hmm. For example, when we met Mike Myers for doing Austin Powers, Mm. we sat down with Mike and he said, this is what I'm looking to do. This is the character that I'm looking to portray. I want a 1960s prototypical set of British teeth. uh, they've They've got to look all kind of jacked up and ridiculous. And sure enough, the first set that we made for him, he loved. He said, that's it. That's exactly what I want. Don't touch anything. Don't do anything. I'm absolutely over the moon uh, with what you've done and don't change anything. And he went and ran with them. And we did all three Austin Powers films for him. Wow. Did he ever change teeth in between all the movies? I've never noticed. Nope, he didn't. Now, you'll see nice. in a couple of the later films, I think the last one, I think in Austin Powers 2, he, quote-unquote, gets his teeth fixed when he moves Uh, into the lake, you know, when he moves forward. But in Austin Powers 3, he goes back in time, and he gets his old teeth back again. Now, I think for the simple reason, Austin Powers, if you ever saw pictures of him, every picture that you see with him, he's always got the teeth in. He's always got the glasses. That 
was his prototypical Austin Powers. When he got the teeth fixed, he kind of put himself into a dead end because then all of a sudden he was just Mike Myers with glasses. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely iconic teeth. Exactly. Exactly. So they wanted to try and find a way of always using the teeth in character they wanted them to be on him we did make several different sets of from lighter to darker there is a couple of gradual shade variations but the actual Mm -hmm. tooth placement and the actual alignment were always the same on every single set Wow. Do you get to seat them in the yeah, uh, a lot of time. in the actor's yeah, mouth? A lot of times I'll go ahead when uh, when we do a big show like that, I'll get called down and I'll tell production everything's ready. And they'll say, okay, we're going to do a makeup test at uh, Warner mm-hmm. Brothers on this day and be there at, you know, be, be there promptly at, at 7, 7 a.m. is the makeup call. And I'll get sure. there promptly at 7 a.m. and stand around drinking tea until everything's ready and I'll pop the teeth in about 9.30. And <laughs> um, literally, it'll be the last thing that goes in or next to the last things that go in and they'll finish up their makeup and, and they'll go off and do the makeup test. So, I mean, a lot of times I, I get called onto these shows and it's just a lot of standing around waiting. Yeah. Do you bring a handpiece and everything yep. just in case you need adjustments? I've got a complete mobile setup that i've got in in a couple of cases and i can sit and i've relined sets on wow. the set yeah. before i've repaired them i've stained them i've added teeth on i've taken teeth off i've wow. literally in places all over the place we've done adjustments alterations most of the time i mean i would say about 99 percent of the time everything just fits clicks and off it goes one percent mm-hmm. of the time, you sometimes get a you, you'll get a hang up, especially when there's a lot of undercut in the mouth, especially on the anterior teeth. There'll be a lot of if there's someone that's got huge undercuts, we'll have to sometimes just do a little bit of an easing, or there'll be yeah. there'll be a little bit. They'll say, oh, there's a little bit of pressure here, and I'll get the pressure indicating paste out, and I'll put the uh, because a lot of times we do teeth and we also do gum work. We'll do uh, some pink gum work as well on <clears> right up at the gingiver consequently sometimes that pink there'll be a little bit of pressure and they'll say oh it's a little bit of pressure yeah. so i'll just i'll just pressure indicate it put it in see where the high spot is take the burr whip it off and i said how's that oh that's great lovely when you go out there does the studio contract you or are you how does it work i'm an independent contractor so i just build production for my time when i'm on set i'll just tell okay. them what, i'll tell them what my rate is this is what I get per hour. And they're like, okay, fine. I'll send them a bill for the teeth. And then I'll send them, you know, I'll include the extra labor, the standing around time, as I like to call it. And and <laughs> it, when I first started doing it, I was thrilled. I'm like, oh, I'm on set. I'm on set. It's great. Oh, it's lovely. Fantastic. 30 years later, they're like, oh, can you yeah. come down at 7 a.m.? I'm like, yeah, but what time am I? It's the old story. When I'm sitting around for two and a half hours doing nothing, it drives me up the wall because I think I could be in the lab producing something. I could be in the lab doing something else. And after a while, you you get to the point where I just want to go. I want to put the teeth in and I want to leave. I don't want to hang out there. It's it gets boring after a while. I mean, not to say the people there are boring. They're they're lovely. I love working with the makeup. Yeah, sure. But it's just it's just after thirty years, it's like you've seen it all, you've done it all, and and you're just like, okay, I want to. I'm good. I got this. I can come in. Exactly. 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 You know what I'm trying to say. 
So that kit you take on site, is that the same kit you take to an all-on-four conversion? Very similar. Very, yeah, very bet. similar. Pressure pot, handpiece, footpiece, acrylics. Now, obviously, I don't take stain kits when I do an all-on-four because people with all-on-four don't want their teeth stained to buy a total no, eight seven. No, they're um, going bleak. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of the stuff crosses over. One of the pieces that been invaluable is is the Lang's pressure pot that I take with me. Yeah, and a lot of times on show, there's a, there's a piece that I make called a plumper, and what we do is it's designed to replicate swelling or sometimes in the extreme case facial wounds or mm-hmm. you know like someone's mm-hmm. got a fat lip or someone's been in a fight or someone wants mm-hmm. their cheeks padded out to make them look a little heavier. Older. Oh, what's the famous one? The Godfather guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you always see the his famous oral. Yeah. yeah, that was done long before I got into the business. Sure, but we've kind of expanded on that. I actually use an O four O acrylic splint on the teeth to hold the acrylic, and what I basically use is clear acrylic to do the plumping with because in the mm-hmm. mouth you you can't see it; it's invisible. Mm-hmm. And some of the extreme cases we've done, one of them was done on uh, Benicio del Toro in uh, Cario or Soldato, one of the two films that he did. He gets shot in the face and very, very talented makeup and effects artist, John Caglione, worked with him. And he said, right, what do we need to do to make it look like his whole side of his face has been swollen where he's been shot through the mouth? Yeah, And we talked about it, and Benicio was in the trailer when we were making these pieces, because I literally made them on site. And he was like, no, we want bigger, we want more swelling, more swelling. So all I'm doing is I'm just adding more and more layers of clear cold cure to these pieces, and he's putting them in, and John has put the actual bullet wound, which was a prosthetic piece on the outside, and we're built... We're building it from the inside. And he's like, right, that's it. Perfect. And then they go ahead and they put all the blood and they put the powder burns and they put all the other streaking. And you see this piece in his mouth. It's horrific how much plumping is able to do. And it's it's a minimum prosthetic piece because they've only got the actual bullet wound on the outside and everything else is done internally. And a lot of the makeup people, they love the idea of using those pieces because it's it's so easy to apply. It doesn't need, you know, four and five hours of putting pieces and gluing them to the outside of the face. I was going to say, what's the alternative? Latex on the yes. outside? To yeah. Make it, yeah, exactly. take forever. It does. It does. And they, see, the thing is, then it has to be sculpted. And with pieces like that, the face doesn't move as well. See, if you put something on the inside, you've still got your natural elasticity of the face on the outside, which moves. Sure. Whereas if, if you glue down a prosthetic piece, you don't get as much movement on the uh, on the outside. It doesn't it doesn't look as natural. Wow, that's crazy. What brand of acrylic do you use? Uh, Coralite Teats. Huh. Is that a dental yeah. brand? Oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. familiar. Yeah, with Coralite. It. Uh, Teats Coralite has been around on the market. They do heat cure. They do cold cure. They do all the different shades from, you know, coral to dark Bahari to clear to vein tissue to all of that stuff. My father first started using Coralite in the lab when he opened over here in California in 76. And it's been one of those things. If it's not broken, don't fix it. I still use it. Many a times I get companies calling me up saying oh we've got this new brand of acrylic would you like some i'm like nope i'll just stick with, I'll stick with <laughs> good 
you know what? I'm a creature of habit. I like I like Yates and Bird all season wax, and I like Teats Coralite acrylic. That's the two things that I that I stick with, and I use Densply teeth. It's you know. There you go. Have you ever made something for a movie for an actor or actress, and then they came back to you after the fact and they wanted real dental work done and requested your services? Well, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah, I bet. We've had several actors and actresses, and I'm not going to name any names. But, no, of course but not. But we've had several of them that were edentulous. Mm-hmm. So consequently, they've wanted some prosthetic pieces done. Production usually contacts me first, and they say, uh, we've got so-and-so, and he needs to have some really bad teeth made. And the actor came to the uh, lab and mm-hmm. I said, okay, they've sent you over here. We need to do some impressions. The next thing that happens is he takes his teeth out. And I'm like, oh, well, isn't this convenient? <laughs> that makes your job easier. It made it phenomenally easy because all we basically did was we basically duplicated a set of dentures for him. But instead of setting the teeth all nicely, I got the most horrible looking denture teeth. And these were, again, the old Biotone 87s as a foundation and we set them and then we went ahead and we stained the acrylic you know i i got to sit and i took the handpiece and i gouged one of the teeth to make it look like there was a big old cavity in it and then there was another one that was completely missing and i got to make this set of teeth for him that was just all gnarled and disgusting and he just popped them basically just pops them in his mouth and off he goes and end of the day he takes his his old dentures out and, and puts these in and he loves it and now he comes he comes to me on a regular basis and says look you know I, I want this done I want that done and nice. I'm happy to do it we had another guy just recently that we did he was playing a vampire and production said oh he needs some vampire teeth and he came in and same exactly the same scenario he wears an upper denture so we copied the upper denture we made a brand new one and i made two classical vampire fangs in the denture and he just put the denture in and he's got the fangs in and everyone's looking on set going i can't see how they put them in it's where's the joint and he's not telling anybody people don't know that he wears a denture so he's just yeah. Like, oh, yeah. it's it's movie magic yeah that's awesome same thing with the gold teeth we've done them for a gentleman with a gold tooth in there uh, also a denture wearer, we just went ahead and substituted a lateral for uh, a cast gold one. So we, we do get some uh, return customers like that. Yeah, regular yeah. work. Yeah. Does your dad ever come in and, and check out what you're doing? Yes, he does. Dad is is almost be 87 this year, but he's, he's wow. still, he still comes in and he'll come in, he'll hang out and he doesn't work anymore, but he, he'll, he'll sit there and watch what I do. And he sits and looks over my shoulder and gives me, you know, whenever I'm doing setups, he's like, oh, you should do that. You should, he, he can't help himself, but to, but to give me little pointers, you know what? God bless <laughs> Critique. him. I, 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 I love it. <laughs> I'm happy that he does it. I'm happy that he wants to come in. I'm happy that he enjoys hanging out. It's an absolute pleasure when he's there. Oh, I bet. I bet that brings him back to life a little bit every time he walks in the door. It really does. It, it, yeah. It, it, the lab was his home for so many years and he, it was, it, it was his life really. And I think when he retired, it was, it, it was, it yep. was the fact that, you know, his, 
He'd lost a lot of the dexterity in his hands, so he, he knew he couldn't do this anymore. But occasionally yeah. when, when he comes in, I'll set him up with a couple of bite blocks to make or something like that. And he's very uh-huh. happy just sitting, just sitting. I mean, his his bench is untouched. Nobody else sits there. He's got, you know, his Bunsen burner's still there. His, til- his tools are in his drawer. And he'll sit and, yeah, he'll sit and make a couple of bite blocks. And he'll, be, he'll just be very happy doing that and drinking nice. tea and hanging out. We've got a spot here for my dad. He'll, he'll still come in and trim dies every now and again, and he's got his own loops in his own area. Yep. He's going to be 80 uh, in a week, and, uh, you know, he just still loves coming in, and I can see it bring him to life. So it's, oh, it's God, pretty that, neat. That, that's lovely. No, that, that's such a great story. I love that. I'd like to talk about some of the really, like, monster teeth that you make. You know, we're talking about similar human-looking teeth. How do you go about making... I saw that you did Venom. I mean, those things. Are, just- <gasps> are you serious? I just watched that on Saturday night, and I was like, "Oh my god, those teeth are amazing!" You're kidding me. You did those? No, 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 no. Look, we worked on Venom. I did not make the monster teeth. Those were done by the prosthetic people. That's that is far, far, far removed from the pieces I make. Those are all done in the uh, effects labs. I actually made some teeth. I'm trying to remember the name of the actor. Uh, that I did it for that they wanted basically it, it was he had Hollywood white teeth and they wanted him to have less than perfect teeth so we actually sure. did some acrylic veneers on the show that he wore it was a couple of characters that were in there that they had basically had Hollywood white teeth that they wanted them to have you know they wanted normal yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> less less than savory characters that that they wanted them to it just didn't look good that they had white teeth so they wanted them to yeah. have some jacked up, some missing, not missing teeth, but there was some some gaps, some stains and things like that. No, there's, let's put it this way. The monster teeth and stuff like that that you see for some of these huge monsters is, is that's far, far beyond my, my scope. I don't do those. Now, saying that, my partner in the UK, Dominic, he is incredibly creative. And he does a whole line of a lot more horror, a lot more sci-fi, and a lot more monster-type teeth. So what will end up happening, when I get calls for that, I'll bring him in on the project. And I'll say, right, Dom, you need to be creative on something. Go to it. And he is the one that will make the really monstrous-looking stuff. And he'll create and he'll make those. And then he'll send them over to me and I'll do the fittings. And, you know, like when he needs something that's got to be like a subtle change of a smile or some, you know, just some stained teeth, he'll send them to me, yeah. I'll make those and then send them over there. So we kind of cooperate on projects together. His creativity is far, far, far beyond anything that I can come up with. I make subtle, subtle changes to smiles, but he's the one that really knocks the things out of the park as far as making monster type teeth yeah well one of the things i see you doing a lot of is fake braces right how does that work i mean you're not really putting brackets on no 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 that's all done again that's all done with your good old o2o vacuform oh there you go and everything is put on top of an o2o vacuform splint they're real brackets real wire real rubber bands but it's all done on a vacuform so basically they go in they slide in over the teeth and, you know, they're wired and rubber banded and they slip in and out in about five seconds. Yeah. And then suddenly everyone's my braces. Yeah. Oh, they love yeah. the braces idea. I've been doing those 
umpteen years. And the nice thing about braces is if you want to make somebody look younger, uh, you've got an actress who's like 23 or 24, and you want to make them look 16 again, <laughs> you slap a set of braces on them. And all of a sudden, you put braces, and then the, the makeup and hair people, they'll do their hair up. And the makeup yep. person, they'll give them uh, acne spots. And then all of a sudden, they look like they're 16 again. Yeah, then you can have that 30-year-old in high school in the movie. That, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's such a common piece that we make. It's funny. that it, they, go in, they go in stages. All of a sudden, I won't have any for a couple of months. Then all of a sudden, there'll be like 10 people to do braces on all in one go. And I'll end up sitting there you know, doing braces till 2 o'clock in the morning just to get them all done. And how do you do those? The same thing. We just, we take an impression, we make the vacuum form, we put the brackets on the outside of the vacuum form. Okay. We then take our labial arch wire, we get that bent in, then we go Mm. ahead and we rub a band that we put the ligature ties on it. Wow. And the biggest choice is what color rubber bands they want. Yeah. (laughs) My son went through that. So did you have to learn to set braces? How did you learn that? Just by looking at pictures of braces set on there and, you know, going through the dental catalogs. All right, I'll need this set of uh, brackets for the the anteriors. I'll need this set for the cuspids. I'll need these for the posteriors. We don't normally go back uh, anything beyond the second buy because Mm. when you smile, you don't go all the way back to the molars. So it's literally we'll go back to the second buy. Now, occasionally they'll ask for it with with like a face bow or a... um, a headgear or um, the one like the uh, the face piece that goes around the neck strap. And oh, God, I remember that. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, <laughs> what we'll do is we'll go back, uh, we'll take the vacuum form all the way back to the second molars and we'll put a buckle tube on there. And then I will make the uh, the face piece with the neck strap. And it's all basically, it's all passive. There's no actual pulling on anything. So it's, sure. just, it's just all measured in there and it's all cut and then it's all cemented. I usually just put a little bit of cold cure on the outside so that the face bow piece doesn't actually move. And then we'll go ahead and we'll put it all together. We'll put it in the, the talent's mouth and they walk around with this. If, if you remember Cameron Diaz in Charlie's Angels, she wore uh, oh, yeah. one scene that she's wearing that whole face piece when she's doing the driving test. And that was a piece that I made for her way back in the day. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. That is neat. Yeah, the, the braces have always been a, a hot selling item. Out of all the stuff you've done, what stands out to you as being, you know, the most memorable to you? There's three films that probably have been iconic for me. Or the uh, the Austin Powers series. Yeah. The Blade series where I did mm. the vampire teeth. And mm. the interview with the vampire where I did all the uh, vampire teeth. Oh, the, really? Uh, wow. Studios. Yeah, back in the day. Did you meet Tom Cruise? Yeah, I met Tom. I met Brad. I met all the six major characters in the film. We did all the vampire teeth for them, and I think we made about 120 sets of vampire teeth altogether because they were continually um, filming all over the place. They wanted long sets. They wanted short sets. They wanted sets for biting. They wanted some gradual variated colors on them. And, of course, they would break them from time to time so that... Mm -hmm. We had to have all these extra sets, and and that was a lot of work. It was a huge amount of work to do. In fact, I was actually very new to the business when those came along, when that film came along, and it really was it was almost too much work, and it it, it yeah. was it was overwhelming because I had never really done a big film like that before, and it was just like wow. 
Hmm. I'm not hmm. necessarily sure I ever want to do that many sets of vampire teeth. Every yeah. <laughs> well, I got to ask Tom Cruise, the midline off. Is it true? Yep. How was yep. that to deal with? Well, very simple. We, when we did the veneers, it's a complete arch form of, uh, it was either six or eight veneers that we did. And we just basically, we, I took the midline and went through right through, right through the Cupid's bow, right through the middle of his nose. And we <laughs> corrected. If you look at him wearing the vampire veneers, his midline is corrected. If you look at him wow, without them, that's his, crazy. his midline's halfway up his nostrils. Yeah. I actually know the uh, technician that did his uh, veneers way back in the day. And I said to him, I said, why didn't you c- correct his, his midline? He said, his mouth is, it's all round the corner. And I said, oh, so, c'est I mean, he's made a, millions and millions of doing what he does. He's an extremely talented actor. And if his midline is off, then his midline is off. No one, so no one seems to care. He had a chance to fix it? Yeah, back in the day. That's crazy. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. to be honest, with you, it was so far off. I don't think they could actually fix it with without doing, you know, in, ortho. In a, yeah, or well, ortho. Really? I think he had he had to have his all his teeth cut down to to do all new crowns. And even then, I still yeah. think it was again, unless you're dealing with pulling out the teeth and putting in implants, I don't think you could have really corrected it. If it was so far out. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, it's famous in our industry for being off. I know. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> If you look at it, I think Interview with a Vampire was the only film that his midline was actually correct because he's wearing teeth right the way throughout the film. Well, maybe I should have introduced you as the guy that corrected Tom Cruise's midline. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> but then it grew back the other way in, uh, in one yeah. of the Impossible films. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's what you could call it. Yeah, Mission Impossible, the, uh, the job to correct Tom Cruise's midline. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Exactly. With all, with, all, with all due respect to you out there, Tom, if you happen to ever listen to this podcast, I'm sorry. <laughs> Sadly, I don't think we have to worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, Elvis. You never he know. could be listening. You never know. <laughs> he could be he could be a huge fan of teeth. Who knows? This is true. Yeah. So, did you see a dip in work with pandemic and movies not being? Oh filmed? yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I in, bet. yeah. When, when everything closed down the first time in March, all my doctors they immediately closed their doors. Production was sure. immediately halted on everything. So I sat home for a month, and I got to build a very very nice model railway layout in my garage. Nice. <laughs> I sat there for about a month. I got up in the morning, I went downstairs, I worked on the layout. Bear in mind, my wife is a nurse in the hospital, so she was essential. So she was going to work every day. My, <laughs> my kids, one of them was was out on unemployment. She was furloughed. My son was going to work. He worked at Home Depot, and they turned around and said, nope, you guys are essential. You guys can come to work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People need lumber. Yeah. He, was, <laughs> he was working. My wife was working. My daughter was sitting at home. I'm in my garage building a model railway layout, which I did in about, it took me about a month, but I was working on it every single day. And, you know, my wife would go to work and I'd be just getting up, drinking tea, and I'd be in the garage. She'd come home and I'd still be in the garage at about seven, seven o'clock, <laughs> seven o'clock in the evening around dinner time. I'd roll in and she's like, Oh, you do exist. You do live in the house. I'm like, yeah. I, I said, Look at, look at how much work I got done today. I built this and I built that and I've done this, this whole thing. And she's like, You're really enjoying this, aren't you? I said, Well, I've got to tell you, for the first time in almost 30 years, 
I haven't actually gone. To, uh, wow. We're, us technicians, we're terrible about things like that. We never seem to take time off. I mean, yeah, we would go on vacations every now and again, you know, take two weeks off, take a week off, go here, go there. But when you're running a lab, you know, you know how hard it is to get oh, time yeah. off. All of a sudden. Yes, I have, do. To have a month off with nothing to do, you're like, <sighs> wow, this is kind of cool. I like this. But, yeah. <laughs> But it was nice to get back into the swing of things and start working again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you're lined up now. I mean, movies are starting up again. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one, Good. two, three, four. I've got five productions on the go. One in Australia, one in Atlanta, one in the UK, and two here in Los Angeles. There's five things that are being shipped. In fact, I've actually just shipped out the last set of teeth for an actress that they're filming in Australia that's in pre-production right now. And I've got two more. Is it the Elvis Presley story? I hear they're filming that in Australia right now. Um, I cannot confirm or deny uh, anything. Um, Got a question. I'm I'm working on a couple of shows that that are being done down there. So we just shipped off a batch of teeth down to Australia. Awesome. For a an actress that's uh, in the show but uh, there's also nice. a couple of shows that are coming up that are being pre-production and i'm in negotiations with them they're asking about teeth and making somebody look like a historical character and we're going we're getting uh, some materials together as far as pictures and uh, whatnot to go ahead and transform one person into something else oh yeah love that that is great Gary, you have probably one of the coolest dental technician jobs I think anybody could really have. I mean, <laughs> it's unusual because there's a very small amount of us that are actual trained dental technicians that have actually made the crossover to do <sighs> film and television and special effects work. There are guys out there that do, you know, quote unquote special effects work and they do teeth and eyes and whatnot. Sure. But there are very, 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 very few of us. And I think I can count on one hand how many of us that i actually know that were actually trained dental technicians that have that have crossed over into film and television yeah uh, and that still remain with a foot in each camp we do both you know regular dental technology and film and television and i think there's only about half a dozen of us in the whole world that i actually know of and i know most of the guys that do it and we're very lucky that we've found this little niche or this little niche has found us and we've become trusted and needed by the industry and i'm honored every day every every time someone calls me i'm very very honored to do the work i'm very very happy that i'm in the industry and i love being in it it's it's a wonderful it's a very self-satisfying yeah no i i can only imagine hopefully you don't mess up cases and give normal bill fangs when you're supposed to just get a regular denture you don't ever mix that up that would be awkward yeah, listen you know i knock on wood i've never had any uh, anything going to the wrong places but you know it again it's but now that elvis said it exactly now now that you've said it it's something's gonna go haywire no, <laughs> thanks it, elvis knock on wood i'm sure everything will be fine but no it's it's all good it's been a wonderful journey awesome gary well you know we came up on an hour here there's some great stories and we loved hearing about it and i'm a little jealous honestly yeah if you ever get out to los angeles anybody out there out ever gets out to los angeles come over look me up 
You're always welcome to come by the lab, see what we're working on. Follow us on Instagram, Teeth by Archer, Teeth underscore by underscore Archer, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, find us, follow us, keep in touch. Anybody that wants to know anything, the, the the information is always given freely. I do a lot of stuff in the makeup makeup and effects community. I do a lot of uh, video and Zoom conferences. You know, a lot of people out there, they try and keep the information hidden. They don't want to tell other people how they do things. I don't believe in that. If anybody wants to know how to do it, I'm more than happy to tell you. I'm more than happy to show you and listen, if you want to go down this road and you want to pursue this as a career, I welcome people to come into the business. It's, uh, it, we need, we need people in the business and you know, really? technicians, technicians make great effects people. I'm sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Gary, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I hope this has been a good experience. I hope this works out well, and I hope the people out there in podcast land enjoy the uh, the hour of rambling. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much, sir. All right, guys. The only man who corrected Tom Cruise's midline, yep. Gary Archer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. Bye for now. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Bye. Whitmix is pleased to add the Varicast OS, a burnout pattern print resin, to Whitmix's growing Varibrand resin offering. Varicast OS works with LCD and DLP printers in both 385 and 405 nanometer wavelengths. It prints accurate and detailed crowns, bridges, substructures, and RPD frameworks. It's durable and leaves no ash or residue. Since it burns out cleanly, Veracast OS is ideal for investment casting and ceramic pressing. For optimal results, we recommend the Whitmix Resin Vest, which is a phosphate investment made specifically for burning out printed or milled resin patterns. Visit Whitmix.com to learn more about the Veracast OS or any of Whitmix's other 3D print resins. I tell you what, Gary Archer, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really, really enjoyed that talking about all those cool actresses and actors and i think we even mentioned tom cruise so to the guy who has one of the coolest jobs a dental technician could have it's got to be such a great feeling knowing that he is helping make some of the most beloved characters come to life with skills that he learned as a dental technician can you imagine austin powers without those famous teeth yeah, baby. Vampire. <laughs> Terrible in <laughs> Or interview with a vampire without those fangs. You got it. That's right. A dental technician made all of that happen and more. So make sure you go find him on Instagram to see more of his work in so many different movies that you didn't even know that they needed a dental technician to make the characters come to life. It was awesome talking to Gary. Yep. It's unbelievable. If I could go back and start this industry over again, I'd, I'd go where he is. I bet you we'd make a hell of a lot more money. Just Probably. <laughs> All right, everybody. Remember, head over to VoicesFromTheBench.com backslash store to snag some podcast merchandise and support the foundation of dental laboratory technology. That's all we got. Buy a shirt. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. I just sank three rounds.
townhouses that I got pictures of today. I'm just killing it right now. <laughs> Are you in your zone? <laughs>